What was your high school's tragedy? We had this one teacher. She was the quest teacher. It was a health class, basically. She talked about sexual education and the dangers of smoking, that sort of thing. We got to sit on couches in a big circle rather than desks in rows. She sadly contracted breast cancer, and it was pretty bad. She went bald from the chemo and had a port installed on her chest so they could just inject into that since they had already destroyed all the veins on her arms and whatnot. Despite all this hardship, she was one of the warmest, sweetest, most cheerful, and most loving people I have ever met. I'll always remember one particular thing that she said. She talked about going to a friend's funeral recently. The friend had died an agonizing and slow death from cancer. My teacher wore a brightly colored floral pattern dress while everyone else was wearing black. She did this because she was not mourning. She was celebrating the end of her friend's suffering. She had accepted death and made peace with it, and knew that it was just the natural course of life. She died a year later and the whole school was devastated, and I made sure to wear bright colors. I think that was actually rather beautiful. It's a natural thing as people to either deal with the death of those we love or our own expiration, but the fact of the matter is death is a natural part of life that we simply have to accept at some time or another. A girl named Joy, who was insanely happy and nice and popular, had an aneurysm and died. She was uncharacteristically mean that day and told everyone she had a headache. It happened in the hallway, and she just kind of slumped against the lockers. We found her when classes let out. One kid said, Joyce here in the hall. A huge jock dude picked her up and took her to the nurse and someone called 911. She had been dead for some time by then. Saddest thing I ever saw. She was the sweetest person. Ate lunch with the special kids a few times a month. She was a sophomore and insanely popular. She was really tiny and at one time, at a dance, a weird rap mosh pit formed. Joy got to crowd surf. She really resembled a tiny, fairy-like girl. Our whole school mourned her for months. It's always a tragedy when a kind young person has their life inexplicably and suddenly taken away. I hope you rest in peace, Joy. I was only in ninth grade at the time. I think he was in 10th or 11th. But the dude was a stellar wrestler and all-around very nice guy. He would help the newer kids, like myself, in practice and give us tips on how to get better. Good-looking, friendly. You know, the typical star athlete that everyone loved. One night, he was at Harris Teeter, getting some groceries and was carjacked with his friends. They drove them both in their car about five counties away, told them to get out, put their shirts on their heads, and told them to run into the woods. As they did, they were shot. The friend managed to get away. I think he was wounded, but Louis was shot in the head. God, it's been years. This happened in the late 90s, but I can remember the dude like it was yesterday. It was a very sad time for our school. Here's a little story about how I met Louis and ended up on the wrestling team. I actually got caught skipping school by Coach Perry, wrestling in gym coach, in the ninth grade. I was very small, maybe 5'5", and like 105 pounds. I was playing Pokemon Red and Blue with a friend in the stairs that no one used that led up to the weight room. Coach Perry came in looking for some equipment. They used this stairwell as a storage closet. He really couldn't even go upstairs all the way because of everything blocking it. Nava was with him, helping him drag out mats for wrestling practice. My friend was immediately excused and sent back to class. I was told to help them get the mats out, which I did. I was afraid I was going to be suspended or that he was going to call my parents. I remember Louie patting me on the back and telling me everything was cool and that Coach Perry was going to make me an offer. After the mats were set up, Coach Perry and Nava talked for a moment, then called me over to a scale. I was told to get on. I weighed in at 104 or something like that and Coach Perry and Louie just smiled. 
I was then told I had two choices. Join the wrestling team or be taken to the offices to get rode up. Naturally, I chose wrestling and was running around the gym in a trash bag that evening. I literally knew nothing about wrestling. The stances, points, and everything else were unknown to me. After practice, we had scrims and I had to go against the 110 guys. I remember Louie taking me aside and showing me this killer leg swoop and grab. He let me practice it on him a few times, then I did it for real in the scrim. I remember it went perfect. Kid never knew what hit him and I put him on his back. Louie came over, gave me a high five and a big slap on the back. Walked over to the coach and said, Looks like we found our new 105 guy. Two weeks or so later, he was dead. To this day, I still don't think I thanked him enough for being so cool to a freshman like that. He made sure I felt like I belonged on the team and wasn't just there to get out of trouble. Just a small story to show you the kind of dude Louie was. Always willing to help and a class act. Just a good all-round dude. I had planned on quitting after a few practices, but after his death, I stayed on the team for the full season. Just didn't seem right. Because Louie would never have quit. This was both tragic and beautiful. Louis Nava, you sound like an absolute angel. I hope you rest in peace while your killers suck eggplants in hell. You know what I mean by that. Coach Perry it sounds like an authority figure that you need at a school. Someone who is not only willing to dole out punishment where necessary, but also offer opportunity to someone who then went on to do a full season of wrestling, which they wouldn't have done otherwise. It's beautiful how these people helped inspire you, but also unbelievably tragic, which is why I say people you should cherish everyone that you meet and know because anything can happen in this crazy world shying away from a death post catholic high school two of our favorite teachers who had actually made their classes engaging and opened up their classroom to anybody needing a hand in school and in life had both divorced before they had started teaching there they decided to move in together after dating for two years and were planning on getting married the next year they kept it all quiet out of pure professionalism, and somehow administration found out and fired both of them. I believe for breaking the school's code of conduct for teachers by cohabiting before marriage. We lost two of the best teachers in our school that helped out and inspired their students in every way they could try to. This one actually makes me sad because a good teacher is really hard to find. When I was a kid, I did not appreciate my opportunity in education very often. I would be disrupting if I was in a bad mood. I would have standoffs with teachers and I just didn't really care but now as an adult with that past I greatly appreciate education and I think everyone should teachers already have a hard time dealing with kids that disrespect them but also when it's like administrative rules like that the only thing I can really say is hopefully that didn't stop their plans of getting married and I hope they still have each other but at the end of the day it still really sucks because now this school has been deprived of two people that seemingly really cared about education in my final year of high school, there was an absolute poo storm regarding personal information that was accessed by half the grade using a teacher's login details. We had the password for years and used it to check marks and ranks of schoolwork and all was good. In the final weeks of high school, some idiot decides to change his English mark, moving himself from 33rd to 3rd. The school obviously finds out and everyone who is involved gets in trouble. The kid that changed his marks obviously got expelled, while the other half of the grade all got punished by not being permitted to attend the school formal and graduate 
situation. Next thing I know, everyone's starting a huge protest and some CEO or something gets involved and revoked the punishment because parents were threatening to get lawyers or something. Considering the teachers gave out the password willingly to another student and the school refused to admit the teacher's mistake, aggressively trying to blame the students for hacking when that simply wasn't the case. That one was honestly refreshing compared to everything else that we've been reading through, but don't get your hopes up, it is not about to get much happier. We had a teacher that for some reason everyone took a dislike to. He wasn't that bad or strict, but for some reason everyone hated him. I was in class once and we locked him in his equipment cupboard. Stuff like that regularly happened to him. He never really used to say anything, just kind of got on with it. Eventually, he split from his wife and lost his driving license for drink driving. He ended up having to get the bus in the morning with everyone traveling to school. As always, everyone was really cruel to him. Halfway through year nine, he decided to commit self-deletion. The worst thing about that was that everyone found it really funny. Adult me is feeling very ashamed of teenage me right now. Edit. Yes, I'm aware of how awful this story is. The man was clearly battling some severe depression at the time. This was roughly 18 years ago in the Midlands, UK. He taught woodwork. No, he wasn't physically pushed into his equipment cupboard. He used to go in there to get equipment and drink alcohol. One day when he was in there for a long period, someone just locked the door. I can't remember how long for, but it was during a two-hour session and he was outside for most of it. I'm hoping that it was just a couple of minutes, but it could have been longer. I didn't get the school bus and only had his class for one term. This was a problem the whole school were involved in. There were roughly 1,250 students in the school. Everyone in the school had this same outlook towards him. He had previously gone into arguments with parents, although I don't know the reason for this. The teachers knew about it, but I think with his drinking issues, they weren't sure how to handle it. They were very slow in telling us that he had died, and by the time they figured out how to address the issue, everyone knew. So I think no one knew how to handle the situation. No one reveled in his death, no one knew what to do, and I think the jokes may have been people's attempt at handling the situation. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. 
Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So for one thing, I'm glad that this person feel bad about the way that this individual was treated. Uh, you should. You shouldn't feel bad about it all your life because you probably didn't have like a direct hand in it by any means. But uh, I'm glad you feel bad. So I picked this story out specifically because I come from the Midlands of the UK, specifically the West Midlands, based on the calculations of when it was posted and the 18 years. I was not in high school at this point, it seems. But uh, seriously, if you find someone who's being treated like utter crap for seemingly no reason whatsoever... Uh, just check on them, please. Like, a bit of kindness goes a real long way, and it can even maybe prevent someone from making a stupid decision. Uh, this was just really sad. We had three heart-wrenching, oddly connected tragedies in one year. When I was a junior, a girl lost control of her car and crashed. The impact ended her life, but her two passengers were okay. She was a wonderfully nice girl, always smiling, participating in an ROTC drill team. The school was shaken by her sudden passing. I attended her funeral and cried my eyes out, wondering how her family managed to not cry 24-7. My brother was a pallbearer. A month later, a senior boy crashed into another vehicle while on his way to an ROTC drill team practice early in the morning, way before school started. He was the captain of the team, a quiet leader, gifted, known for solving Rubik's Cubes in class, my brother. He was comatose. The pallbearer's carnation from the girl's funeral was still on his desk. Its water had been poured out, and the white flower was dying slowly. As if that wasn't enough, a sophomore boy was involved in a collision just a few days later when he was leaving the school. He died instantly. Oddly enough, he was involved in ROTC extracurriculars too. The news hit me like a ton of bricks as I sat in the hospital's waiting room. My brother died in the hospital about a week later. I was allowed to stay home for the rest of the school year. At his funeral, I understood why the family of the deceased doesn't sob their way through the service. We had moved to a place beyond tears. We finally took his old furniture out of his room today. I cried thinking about the pallbearer's carnation sitting on his desk. My high school's tragedy will follow me for the rest of my life. I totally get that part about the uh, being beyond tears bit when you're at funeral. Uh, I have not had that many losses in my family until about three years ago with my grandmother, and it was heartbreaking. I won't go into details, but I completely understand. Rest in peace to all of those people. Countless. One student was run over by an 18-wheeler in front of his family. One very popular teacher went home one day feeling ill and passed away two days later from cancer he didn't know he had. Two different teachers committed self-deletion, multiple drunk driving deaths, a drug-related multiple murder, another drug-related murder, a CP case, a teacher who molested several students, and one student allegedly killed by the Boston bomber years before the bombing. I think that just sounds like a cursed school. I'm so sorry to the victims of those occurrences that didn't die and rest in peace to those that did. Uh, I gotta say, I have picked some really depressing topics to talk about on this channel, like, goddamn, strap in people. An English-slash-drama teacher got a role on a late-night TV show. 
Got the twins out on TV and had to quit teaching. Was a tragedy for us that she left. She was a hot younger teacher and suddenly drama class had a lot less male students. I do hope you enjoyed that slightly funny one while you can because it's about to get a little depressing again. We had a security guard named Creighton. He was the most kind-hearted man you will have ever met. He smiled at everyone and was open to talking to you no matter who you were. I remember him overseeing detention and it was my first time during my freshman year. He walked up to me and I was scared to bits and he told me, You see this room? Don't ever come back here. You're better than it. Don't let me down. I never got in trouble again because of him. Senior year, he was diagnosed with cancer and it was already too late. He became this skinny ghost of what he used to be, but he continued to smile and cheer up everyone's lives until his last day alive. The day he passed, I think the entire school cried. I credit him for making me who I am today because of how supportive he was. Like I said, man, you just gotta check on people, show them some support, like, you know, give them some motivating words or something, you know? It, it, it doesn't work for everyone, I'm not gonna lie to you, but goddamn. Rest in peace, Creighton. I have two stories to tell. One is the story that affected me the most personally, and the other is a story that shows the true courage and strength of a guy I did not personally know. The first two stories begins with a German kid, me who moved to the States and started going to American school. Once I was in middle school, a boy named Blake approached me and started asking me to translate this long list of words he had made to German, asking me to sound them out for him so that he could learn. He was obsessed with World War II and the Germans, so he began to befriend me. I personally thought he was incredibly annoying. One day, he invited me over and I decided why not and went to his home. Ever since, we became best friends. Once high school rolled around, I was more focused on school and he began hanging out with the wrong crowd. We both had carpentry classes and shared this big senior locker to keep our tools in. I was working for a friend's dad when I got a call that he had gone out drinking and got into a fatal car accident. His car hit a semi-truck. He got knocked unconscious and his car was on fire. My middle school best friend burned to death and all they could find were his teeth. I still tear up thinking about it. The worst part is all of a sudden everyone that barely knew him is acting like they were his best pals and some girl that he dated for three months got to speak at his funeral. Yet I didn't even get to sit up front because all 150 people that knew him seemed to show up because it was the popular thing to do. I can't be too bitter though because I'm glad that many people showed up for him. The worst part was cleaning out his side of the locker. That honestly still haunts me today. Rest in peace, Blake. The second story I'm not too familiar with, only that three friends were driving back from somewhere on the highway in a two-seater coupe. The friend in the middle wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and they got into an accident. However, the guy in the passenger seat moved over to grab the guy sitting in the middle, which saved his life. But he himself was thrown through the glass window several yards and was fatally wounded. His last words were, I'm sorry, and he died there on the concrete outside of his friend's car. I'm not religious, but for Blake's sake, I hope there is a God, and that one day I'll see him again. But not the Blake I knew in high school. I want to see the Blake I knew in middle school. This one was sort of interesting because a similar thing actually happened in my high school where someone I did personally know died. I wasn't amazing friends with them or anything, but I chose to silently mourn them and stay at school the day while a lot of people across the year group went to attend the funeral because they wanted an early day off school, even though a lot of them didn't actually know him. This will probably get buried, but I have to participate in this. 
My high school was known in the area for having a sophomore curse, where something awful happened to a sophomore every year. Obviously, that's silly, but it just always ended up being true. The year I was a sophomore, a girl I'd been in school with my entire life, but wasn't close friends with, died of rabies. I heard that she had been bitten by a raccoon while taking out garbage. Also heard that she was uncharacteristically mean and angry a few days before her death. I had always known her to be exceptionally shy and quiet. Probably sweet, but I can't say I really knew that. It happened very suddenly. She was out of school for what I heard was the flu, and then maybe a day and a half later, she died. Her parents still release butterflies in our town every year on the anniversary. She was an only child. I wish I had sent them a card or something. The tragedy that was more personal to me, though, was a guy who had died in a car accident. He was driving in the rain and his car flipped over into a creek and he drowned. We were really close. He was one year older than me, but we'd been in a program that mixed two grades together since first grade. He'd been one of my first boyfriends when that meant making out on marching band trips. And we'd been on school trips to big cities together. The night the accident happened, I had been chatting with him on AOL Instant Messenger, when he said he had to go meet our other friends to go see Star Wars. A few hours later, that friend called me asking if I had spoken to him because he'd never shown up. Crazy thing is, I thought absolutely nothing about it at the time. I just figured he got distracted or his mom had decided not to let him go. He was also a very treasured only child, just like the girl from my grade. The next morning, I got to school, and everything was completely quiet. It was so eerie to see no one saying anything, everyone just staring and crying. I walked up to the door of my homeroom, already sure that something horrible had happened, but I hadn't made the connection. Another close friend was standing outside the door, staring off into space. I asked him what was going on with everyone, and he just said, His name died last night, in this chilling monotone. Before I could even form a thought, my mouth was filled with vomit. Not sure why my body reacted that way. But I spent an hour on the bathroom floor sobbing and puking until my mom came to get me. I still can't even write about it without tearing up. Rest in peace to both of those people, but I, I, this has just made me think about how lucky I am that I did not have a very close, personal, or important friend, like, ripped from me at a young age or anything like that. Like, my god. So in my state, state flowers are illegal to pull out of the ground, but not illegal to buy and plant. Even on private property, you can be fined huge amounts of money per flower removed. Some seniors wanted to pull a prank by planting state flowers on the brand new football stadium field in the shape of 2008. And on top of 2008, they decided to also plant flowers in the shape of a phallic symbol, roughly 35 yards in length. None of them thought to check to see how much each flower would cost to remove. $5,000. The school, which was privately owned, couldn't possibly pay to remove the over 200 flowers the seniors planted. So every football game that season was played on top of a phallic symbol made of flowers. Eventually, someone was willing to break the law in order to remove them. And when we came in on a Monday, they were gone. They even filled the gaps with sod. Also, since then, the law has changed so that all you have to do to remove them is have a state representative present during the process and you must replant them. So maybe some good came out of it. Also, also, the seniors were never caught or never announced publicly. That is honestly pretty funny and I am so glad that I could end this on a slightly more upbeat note. This was kind of hard to read through to some degree, but all the stories were very interesting and uh, really made me think about stuff.